0: Don't just be a part of the industry, redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session.
2: Hey, security peeps. We are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. It is CISO Thursdays and the whole fam is here today. Finally, we're all back. I'm Renee Small, Cybersecurity Super Recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. I am here with all of my fabulous folks. I am so excited that everyone is back. James Azar, introduce yourself, sir.
1: Hey, everyone. James Azar, CISO and host of the Cyber Hub and Talk podcast.
2: Wonderful. Chris Folong.
1: Co-host,
3: cybersecurity consultant, career coach, and all around... Good
1: guy.
2: All around awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: This
4: is now this is now a Na- Tinder uh, profile. <laughs> Naomi Buckwalter. Hey. hey everyone, Naomi Buckwalter. Uh, also a member, a mem- member. Oh my gosh, mentor and coach. My Tinder profile is not that great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm crushing this, and I love being here. I love helping you break into cybersecurity. So ask away all your questions.
2: So good. So good. So we got some people here. Good morning, everyone. This is Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We love seeing people from YouTube. Serenia is here. Hi, Serenia. We have so many topics to get into today. Which ones do you guys want to start off with first?
1: Let's start off with your book. You guys finished your book and published it. Congratulations.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we did. Chris gary and i we have had what almost a year
0: yeah yeah of pulling
2: this all together and for me i started interviewing people like before this so it feels like it's almost even longer in terms of the amount of time it took but it's such a great experience because we each brought a different perspective that's why i think this book is so um so cool so You know, me coming from the recruiter side, Chris coming from a practitioner and um, professor side and then Gary coming from the CISO side, you know, as to how people how to help all different types of people break into the industry. So I'm excited about it. We already hit what number one on job hunting, I think.
3: Uh, on yeah, on the first day it was number one. We're we're down to like number thirty-five right now. But oh, wow. um, still doing good. Um considering that there's like tens of thousands in there. Um but the the origin story of this was that um after two years of doing breaking into cybersecurity, I thought like what if we could sync if we could summarize all the different tips and tricks that we, we've we come up with over the years, and I started writing it down, I'm like, Renee, do you want to tag in here? And then I um, knew Gary also had a publishing uh, company. So I thought, why not reach out to Gary? Because I know he publishes all sorts of career advice and stuff on his different mediums. And he's like, that would be amazing because we have... He has a, a host of different um, articles that he's written throughout the years that he could um, craft into this message. And it's been literally a year of going back and forth and um, finding the best way to summarize and condense all this information for everyone.
2: Yep. So there's a link. I don't think it's a, I'm going to put it in put it in LinkedIn to um Chris, if you can. So yes. um, so yeah, it's been um, a labor of love. Like Chris said, he had his stuff. I had interviews going um, to piggyback off the first book that I did, which was Magnetic Hiring. So really looking at it from Magnetic Hiring was like a peer-to-peer, me helping other recruiters recruit cyber talent. And then um, what I learned from doing that along with what Gary had and with Chris, what Chris had, um, I thought was pretty cool. So it is, it's exciting. It's very exciting to be out there. Um, so we can't wait to, to hear what people think about it. And it should be a relatively easy read. I thought I read through it pretty quickly the first time or two. <laughs> so. Well,
3: that's because you wrote it.
2: So, so myself <laughs> 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 say so myself. so yeah we need the security piece to check it out um, and I I'm thinking that we will eventually we'll do some some conversations just around some of the topics some of the things that we talked about but it's it's literally a lot of the stuff that we say here on CISO Thursdays and some of these other um, conversations that we've had over the past couple almost three years talking to people about breaking into the industry.
3: Absolutely, and I think it's just a, a a way of getting it out past our our audience, and people can share share with their 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 network, their peers, and just spread the message.
2: Yeah, for sure. So um,
1: I want to get a signed copy of your book. I just want to be clear about yeah, it. Yeah, a book signing? To my bookshelf. So I'm ordering a few from Amazon and. Um, Renee and Chris, I need I need, you know, your John Hancocks on those books, please. There could well, be worth have- a lot of money one day. You never know.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You'll true. just have to come back up to the DC area and actually meet us
0: instead of just <laughs> hanging out
1: with all your other special people. You know, it's not my fault last time you two were busy when I came up, right?
2: <laughs> I should have put a moving box in your hand.
1: You should have. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been. There. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I'm trying to see who is who wrote Magnetic Firing, because that's pretty funny. That's funny. Somebody wrote, I'm going to write Magnetic Nathan Greenspan, I'm going to write magnetic, magnetic Firing. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. I
1: think that's because Nathan's been fired so many times. He's like an expert at it. Like, he knows when he gets the phone call or email that says, hey, Nate, we need to talk. You know, like, you know, if you've ever seen, like, the NFL, like, when they do, like, the uh, when they used to do – um what was it called? The show on HBO where they'd follow the football team during training camp and they'd go to like people who walk on or free agents That'd be like, coach wants to see and He says, yeah. bring the playbook. Yeah. And that's the most dreaded thing. Like you're about to go get fired, right? That's why they tell you, bring the playbook. It's so funny. Well,
2: I want to know. So last night I did this, um, before we get into the rest of the topics, I did, um, once a month, as you all probably know, cyber uh, breaking into cybersecurity, we partner up with Federal Career Connections. And the folks on there have a long history of being in the federal government. And because it's not Chris and I's expertise, we bring them on so they can talk about government-related stuff. And so we had Chris Westbrook on, who's amazing. And she has been in the CIA. She had been in the CIA for over 30 years, hiring over 1,000 people. Um, and focus on the intelligence community. So I wanted to plug her real quick and let everyone know. Check out federalcareerconnection.org if you're looking to understand how to kind of um, tricks and tips for getting into the federal government. Um, because she dropped some jewels last night. Um, it's posted on our, you know, on my um, on my feed and on YouTube and everything else. But she's actually having hosting a free workshop. So check that out. The federal government is more open to folks that don't have experience than, you know, more the the they just have much more um, opportunities. And she also shared that 80 percent of the or 70 something percent of those opportunities are outside of the D.C. metro area. So I know we get viewers from all over the country. And so she shared that yesterday, which I thought was awesome information. So if everyone wants to kind of chime in and say where they are, that would be cool too. We want to know, definitely want to see where people are are, um, are viewing from, and definitely connect with Chris Westbrook and check out FederalCareerConnection.org. So that is that. So I'm gonna shout some people out, and then we'll get into topic number two, which is Naomi's stuff. We've been busy. We've been a busy little group here. So, um, Jerry Dorch says good morning or good afternoon, right? I feel like it's morning too. Clarence says good afternoon. Hey, Clarence. Al is here. Uh, Sean is saying, "How can we begin?" <laughs> now we can begin. He's he's arrived, so we can start. Derek Liggins says hi. James is back. Good afternoon, James. Um, Naomi Hill is out here. Let's see. Magnetic firing. That is too much fun. Frankie Ortiz. Good afternoon, Frankie. Brendan um, is saying hard knocks. So somebody says, yay, it's CISO Thursday. James wants to know, when is James, James McQuiggan says, when is James Azar coming out with his book? What's up with that, man?
1: Working on it. It is a work in progress, but like when you're authoring a book, it's uh, it's it's um, it's very different. Like I feel so much, I feel natural like writing, like doing a podcast. I feel completely unnatural on pen and paper.
2: <laughs> well, and you know what, um, Chris gave me a good tip. He said I was dealing with that too. Um, it was like pulling teeth a little bit with getting some of the stuff out of my head and on paper and uh they were beating me up because i was kind of dragging i was the caboose everybody else had their work in and i was like ah i don't have my chapters in so chris gave me a good piece of advice and he said to um speak it so speak into you know like you're doing a podcast like speak your chapters like you're talking to us and then transcribe so i'm with you james (laughs) i
1: understand um I'm to
4: have my connection that's bad now
1: i don't know if it's mine
2: uh
4: oh,
1: no, so so, um, I, I just i just want to point something out that um this has been happening forever um yesterday the same thing happened on town square last night we had every 15 minutes like our feed would do something similar I think oh, this yeah. is a StreamYard bandwidth issue.
2: Mm. Mm. StreamYard must have so many people on now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: or Everyone or has it's a podcast. A LinkedIn YouTube issue because of the amount mm. of people that live stream on, on YouTube and LinkedIn.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, we were talking that about that LinkedIn issue last week. How, yeah. how you know, so many people are now on LinkedIn or a couple of weeks ago, not last week. Um, so Jane says, yes, we're going to get a, get a book signing going. Sean is ordering it. Thank you so much. Yay, it's Cecil Thursday. Who said that? Yay, it's Cecil Thursday. Oh my God, so many people. Oh, Chris, Chris Van Gorder says Cecil Thursday. So that's awesome. All right, folks. So we're going to get into Naomi, then I'll shout more people out after that. So Naomi, tell us about your new venture. Oh my gosh,
4: thank you everyone for volunteering. I got over 600 responses, 600 volunteers. Now I don't know what to do with any of you guys. Uh, I need some major help because my original thought was just to create some static HTML pages uh, and telling people why it's important and how easy it is to hire new people, entry-level folks with zero years of experience and zero CISSP's. And it's possible because I've done it and James has done it, everyone has done it. So please uh, come and volunteer, but I do need help. Uh, I need board members. I need website designers. I need people who are great at communicating and reaching out to hiring managers and talking to them. So uh, I'm going to be, you, yeah. You know,
1: you know what we should do on your website? And I'm, I'm throwing out an idea here and maybe we'll create a group project out of it. Um, job descriptions, uniform job descriptions yes. for entry level roles.
4: Ugh, that's yeah, that's And now this, now that I have six hundred volunteers, I'm like, how can I tap into the talents of everybody? So the, by the way, this nonprofit venture of mine, Cybersecurity Gatebreakers Foundation. Go to cybersecuritygatebreakers.org. The idea is to change the mindset in the hiring managers uh, because the skills gap is a myth. I believe there's a demand gap that exists in the minds of hiring managers because we don't understand that. But uh, it doesn't take five years of experience to do an entry-level job. It just takes the right fit and the right intellect and the right motivation. So let's see how we can close the gap in cybersecurity because I don't you think mean, there's a skills gap.
1: Naomi, Wait, you, I, think, you, you don't think that an entry-level SOC analyst requires a CISP?
4: Yeah. Can you believe it? I just don't. Uh,
1: Naomi, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an underscore requirement that you should have a CISP to be a SOC analyst. Naomi, I actually have an idea for you. Yeah. Uh,
3: I was reached out to by a gentleman named uh, James Gopel, and uh, he does a lot of work with the CMMC, but one of his ideas was to introduce uh, standard job descriptions through like a a government initiative like CMMC, where they make that a requirement of the contracting and use that mechanism vehicle as a way to help standardize uh, the approach across the industry.
4: That would be amazing. And that's kind of what I was hoping for, but I was just trying to start small. But now that I have 600 volunteers, how can I best use them? And uh, most of the folks are trying to break into cybersecurity. Put this on your resume. This is exactly what we're talking about when we say volunteer or join open source groups. This is it. Like spend an hour or two a week, pitch in however you can, and you can put it on your resume. Like I helped with this project or whatever, and then show your 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 contributions. That's what we like to see as hiring managers. That's all.
2: Excellent. That's all. That's just Mm -hmm. it. This little project I've been working on. Well, we are beyond excited. I'm I'm over the moon excited um, for this project because, as you know, the reason why we're all here is for the same reason, Mm -hmm. right? More people into the industry. So, kudos. We've been waiting patiently for it to be official. So. Super excited about that. I think you're going to get a bunch more volunteers chiming in. Um, I also have to, I have to connect you with a person too, who's working on these puzzles. Um, And he, his, his project is working on using, instead of having like the whole interviewing pro, well, as a part of the interviewing process, um, having puzzles as a part of, of that information versus people who don't, you know, for the people who don't have experience. It's like you go through these kind of assessment puzzle module thingies. Um, and it sounds like an amazing opportunity and I see tons of synergies. So synergy. Synergy. For sure. Thank you all for your support. I'm excited. Let's go. Yes. So Naomi, what I guess we'll put the um, we'll put the link up here. Oh yeah cybersecuritygatebreakers.org. Jonathan said, I'm on board. Where do I sign up to volunteer? There there you go. Just go to the website. <laughs> There's also a
4: LinkedIn page. It doesn't have too much other than the Google form to sign up. But yeah, 600 volunteers. I was actually blown away. I didn't think that all these people would care. And I know that we all care about winning the fight against cybercrime and closing the gap. But I think there is no skills gap. I think there's plenty of people who have the intellect and the ability to excel in our industry, but they just don't get the chance because hiring managers in their minds have this thing that says, hey, we need all these expertise, people with all these years of experience before they can even get in. So let's change that mindset. And that's how I think we're going to do it.
2: Talking too fast. Exactly. Exactly. Who's saying they can ambush? Uh, Nathan Greenspan says, I can ambush hiring managers in their driveways to let them know about your trip- <laughs> project. <laughs> 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 That's <laughs> good, Nathan. OK, I would love that. I'm on board. Muscle. Jonathan Webb says, Nathan Katzenstein signed up to mentor. He can't wait to start. So Zoe can help with the website. She knows Ooh, how to nice. code. Oh, yes, please. I signed up to volunteer yesterday. Joshua Alvaretto. Um, Who's excited about an hour with Naomi? Oh, Chris Van Gorder is excited about this. Um, people can ghostwrite for you. There's a lot going on here. We have some help.
1: I I just want to say that if Nathan Greenspan volunteers to go to HR people's driveways, I think we get results much, much quicker. Very fast. If you have not seen Nathan, Nathan has a very thick beard and a a very strong Russian accent. Right? (laughs) So that is just the ultimate formula to get people to bow down and just go, all right, um, what do you want us to do? Post this job description. (laughs)
2: Or this else
1: description, not the other one. <laughs> this one. Oh my
2: God. Get it together, people. We are coming. I love the group, <laughs> How the group dynamic. We're going to have Naomi's 600-person army showing up at doors. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So what's next? <laughs> are we doing? Uh, Bikini. Bikinis. Bikinis. The keys.
1: Can we just real quickly address the EC Council thing, and then we'll move on to the other two things? Because, because, I think I think it's it's very imperative to last week. We talked a little bit about EC Council, a little bit. I think we spent half of the show talking about EC Council, a little bit more than that. But they did release another statement. Um, they took some form of responsibility, and I mean some. I, th- I felt like it was a bit insincere, but that's just me. It felt like like it felt like they hired a PR crisis company that came in and wrote that for them um, because it had the PR lingo. So mm-hmm. I will just say that, um, you know, I know a lot of us have taken our EC Council um, stuff. We have now removed it from I've removed it until we see real applicable change that doesn't come from an HR company. And I just wanted to crystal because I've had people ask me, like, what are you doing with a, with EC Council? What do you think of the last statement? I've been hit up a bunch of times. So um, I've, I've kind of said that we we until we see meaningful change from EC Council. And to me, that's leadership change. I think the whole leadership needs to go. Uh, the fish always stinks from the head. Um, mm-hmm. So. It starts with the J and J needs to step down and then we can have a discussion. Mm
0: hmm.
4: Someone did end up stepping down, though. Wasn't it the marketing, head of marketing?
1: Yeah, but that's blaming your intern.
4: Mm.
1: Right? That's blaming your intern. Because either, either your CMO is extremely dishonest and was doing that for years, and this is systematic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the CMO hasn't been there for that long, meaning it can't be that systematic. Mm-hmm. Um, but the leadership has been. Um, so.
4: Yeah, and also don't say something... So like I take full responsibility and then have someone else resign. Like if yeah. you take full responsibility, shouldn't you be the one resigning? No. I'm not
1: trying to cancel him. And I just want to be crystal clear. This isn't a cancel culture thing, but this is more of an accountability. If you're, you know, the, the other thing I, I, I absolutely loved and, and we had a real fun thing on clubhouse on was um, um, two things. One, their um, slogan on LinkedIn says, Hackers are here and so are we. And I'm like, well, if you guys were part of the community, you'd know to never say hackers are here. You'd say threat actors, adversaries, cyber criminals.
2: Criminals. Because
1: hackers are here and you're producing them with your uh, ethical uh, certified (laughs) ethical (laughs) hacker certification. So, you know, obviously we have a communication issue. um, But but, but the other part of it is... um, it's it's it, there has to be accountability, and I think they're trying to ride out the storm. And I don't think we can let this. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna start an EC Council watch mm. uh, on my podcast every single day. Wow! Uh, and it's gonna be ha- how how long has it been since Jay hasn't resigned until he steps down?
4: Oh God! Oh boy! Uh, days since last <laughs> EC Council incident. Zero.
1: Yeah, days since. Yeah, kind of like accidents, right? <laughs> Days since your last cybersecurity incident. Can you imagine if systems had that on the board? <laughs> it wouldn't be days, it'd be hours since your last cybersecurity hours. Oh Yeah, we went three hours with that one. We went three oh, hours so cringe.
2: Nathan Katzenstein said nowadays taking full accountability has no consequences. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, you're right about that being all PR. Like, by this time, they probably have a PR firm on retainer. Like, oh, we had another incident. Can you just – like, this is just shameful at this point. EC Council, like, get better, man. Do better because you're making us all look bad. If we're all on the same team, and we are, we're trying to make you better here. It's one of those, like, uh, is there a good analogy in the Army? Like, if one person falls, you, you know, like, bring them back. Like
1: You leave no man behind. No man
4: behind, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So if you are falling behind on the battlefields, EC Council, we're here to pick you back up. Like, like Look to us as an example of like how to do it right. Like, Not just us on this, on this panel here, but look to any other great org like ISACA does it really well. They're not in it for the money. And we can tell EC Council pretty much you're in it for the money at this point. Like, We can tell. You can Such do better. Such
1: I don't hustle. mind that they're in it for the money. I'm a capitalist. If you want to do that, that's fine. By all means, go for it. I don't give a shit. But at least do it do it realistically, meaning don't be unethical in your pursuit of capital, right? Right. And if you're going to have ethical in most of your certifications, right, if the word ethical is in the main part of everything you do, then behave the way you are or don't do it at all.
2: Right. James O'Quiggins says, number of days since last hour incident needs to be in every office. Help drive a better culture.
1: Yeah, the only problem is it's not days. Like it would be it's like literally, so, yeah. It would, it would beat minutes. people down that be like, we were on one day yesterday. How are we on zero again? Right?
2: Minutes, minutes. This is a comment from before. Ben says, We're calling because your car warranty is about to expire. Scratch that out. Hiring practices are <laughs> <laughs> the, the spam calls coming from Naomi's army. <laughs> <laughs>
4: It's just Nathan standing at your
2: driveway. Uh, oh my god! Uh, they are like the Papa John's pizza of <laughs> Oh <Whoa, laughs> we're throwing Papa John's. We're subtweeting Papa John's now. I Go actually on.
3: like Papa John's. I like
4: Papa John's. They're, too <laughs> <real>.
3: They're
4: fulfilling. <laughs> Okay. But I mean, but with yeah. EC Council, it's more like, you know, fool us once, shame on you. Fool us twice, shame on us. Except what time are we on now? What, what number chance have we given you? It's like, it's beyond 25. shameful at this point. It's yeah. shame on all of us for letting you get past this point and to get this far with this. Yep. EC Council, do better.
1: Do better. Okay. Bikini yep. Gate. Here we go. Yeah, let's, talk about
2: bikinis. let's talk about bikinis. OMG. Oh, <laughs> How does this even happen?
1: So it it
3: started with um, a lady um, in CyberSec posting a picture of her in a swimsuit, and someone trolled her. And then um, everyone in support of her started posting pictures of them in bikinis, um, including myself. Um, I I wasn't in a bikini, but um, (laughs) other allies posted (laughs) pictures of them Outside yes, in works, so and,
4: <laughs> Do you want to explain why the person was trolling in the first place?
3: Chris? Well, they were trolling because they, they, they said that it was unprofessional to show a picture of them in quote-unquote underwear, um, but it was a swimsuit, first of all. Second of all, I don't see what's wrong with if you look good and you want to share how you look or how you feel with the world, it's your personal profile, like... <sighs> people have no right to, to to monitor and share like what you want to share on your own feed. If you don't like it, keep on scrolling by, um, which is essentially the summary. But um, it became a trending topic on uh, Twitter and even Vice wrote about it um, in their tech section, um, highlighting how much women get harassed for their looks and everything like that, so yeah. And you, James, you look like you had something didn't to add. Become
2: a calendar,
3: though. I am. It did. Uh, so,
2: so it did. There's the calendar component. Someone, but that, made got, that me. got deleted.
3: Someone that in someone deleted. in India decided to take all the pictures and create a calendar and started charging people for <sighs> oh, it. Gross. Um, but it it got pulled down off of Twitter really quickly mm-hmm. and. Uh, then there's an idea that someone said that they would create a calendar just for charity yeah. and donate all of the proceeds to uh, junior women to go to conferences and things like that. Wow. I don't know if that became a true thing or not, but uh, that's that's what I know about it.
4: That's great. It went from like terrible, At first it went from like, hey, it's a bikini pic, don't post bikini pics because you're, you're an infosec. And you say you're only gonna tweet about infosec, but you didn't. So that's what the troll says. Like I only followed you for your infosec content. And then the lady with the bikini is like, how dare you? This is my feed! Like, go away, right? And so everyone in sol- solidarity said, here's my bikini pic. Awesome. We feel re- really great. And then we felt terrible within the next 12 hours when someone stole the pictures and made a calendar and started charging for them. And then we're back up at the top. Right now, it's like a cycle. So now we're at this feeling of, like, solidarity again, which I kind of like. But why are we constantly doing this to ourselves, to, like, people? It, we're always, like, bashing each other, bringing each other up, bashing each other, bringing each other up. It's exhausting. Jeez.
1: I just want to point out that um, you guys just made me go to Twitter. Um, <laughs> I hate sorry. I hate, I hate both of you for it. Oh, and I don't say that lightly because hate is a very strong word. <laughs> but I feel like I just went down a uh, – I feel like I'm at the dirtiest, skankiest club on planet Earth, and I'm in the bathroom, and it's disgusting, oh, just and it's like, pissed, yes. and that's pretty much Twitter. That's what I feel like right now.
2: So Nathan says, it's still a free country. Hard to believe at times. Mm -hmm. Galen is, I'm still seeing bikini pics today. And it's such an awesome display of solidarity. Hey, Galen. Uh, What if you cyber so hard that you need a bikini to check the underwater cables? (laughs) Yeah, your underwater data centers. That That would be hardcore. Nathan Mm -hmm. Green Span. So James says, James McQuiggan says, um, if you post pictures online, you lose control of them. People will use them for their purposes. Hashtag risk.
3: Yeah, that, it is a
2: downside.
3: Which I saw, time out, I
2: she posted, or she, you know, I saw the ones this morning where she said, I'm not taking my pictures down. You know, I did post them, they're my personal feed, but you know, who gives you the right to turn it into a calendar? Um, and I saw some comments like this, you know, pretty much saying like, hey, Twitter, if you put it on Twitter is public, it's, you know, open. So
3: but you still own it. You you technically own your your own copyright to something um, and you could then go after them for that. It's a horrible legal process to do. But
1: so, so I kind of want to come at this from a different perspective for just a moment which is class. So we talk about ethics when EC council, and then we we lack it on Twitter and we kind of like swing by it and assume that it's okay. Well, it's Twitter and there comes a time for human accountability and class. And if that person, if any person wants to put a picture of them anywhere in a bathing suit, they're fully entitled to do so. That is your God given right to do it in this country. It's also someone's God-given right to comment on it, right? And say it's unprofessional. And then you know what you do? You block that person and game over and it moves on. But we tend to sensationalize stuff a little over the top and and we we take away focus from the things we should be focused on. Mm. It's like we're trying to put out so many fires. We're trying to deal with so many things that not only threaten our organizations and our personal lives, but also can impact... Um, our national security, and our way of life, and our financial future. And at the same time, we're focusing on all these different things because people just don't have personal accountability for the stuff that they do. You're accountable for everything you say. When I say something that is false or bad or is offensive, I take ownership of it like anyone should be. Right, but a person is entitled to post whatever pictures they want online. That's their full duty to do so. And if you don't like them, unfollow them. Just un- like, why is that hard? Like, unfollow the person. It's or ignore it or mute their feed for seven days. I don't know. Five hundred different ways to, to to go about this. Um, Instead, we're, we're we're taking focus away from the things we should be talking about that are. Important for our industry, like helping people get jobs in an economy that is where we're one of the only industries that's actively hiring um, to give people a decent salary and a decent living, right? Because all the other places that are hiring at the moment are all, you know, in in service industry, right? And Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with the service industry, but a lot of people are looking to transition from the service industry and work in industries like ours. And we're taking away that focus to talk about, you know, Bikini Gate, which to me is a loss of focus. It's a loss yeah. of focus of where we need to be. And where we need to be right now is opening doors for each other, helping other people get in. We've got real challenges in every single organization from giving people an opportunity to, to, to break into cyber to helping people cross train into security from you know in a, in a mid-career change i can't tell you how many people have reached out to me that are in the middle of their careers that are you know working in ops or hr and they're looking to transition to security and they're wonderful leaders they're great leaders because they've got the in like untan like soft skills that you you want people to have but they just don't have the technical chops right like why aren't we talking about that
2: Because that's not as sexy and interesting and fun
1: but 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 that solves real problems
2: Sorry, can't
4: No, you're me. right James you're right I mean the, yeah, the whole currency of the internet is all about rage it's like how much rage can you show off right and it's like more rage equals more followers and more followers equals more sponsorships like I don't really know how it translates into money but if you take your attention it's the attention economy and you're able to channel that into like oh how dare you post something against my bikini pic right you start this whole rage thing people start paying attention and then you're right James we take away the focus from where it matters. We're focusing on the wrong things. Even the fact that we're talking about this makes no sense. I mean, like it, it goes against your point. Like we are trying to um, focus on the wrong things. So uh, I hear you. It's a, it's a really good point.
1: Like Very get bad. rid of sexism. Stop being sexist. Women are entitled to post whatever they want. It doesn't mean anything about them. There's no reflection of it. Get over it. Men, get off your soapbox. Stop acting like little idiots. All right. Just move on and do the work you need to do. And everyone in InfoSec, focus on our adversaries, because that's where we need to be focused and not on each other. And let's hold each other accountable, like we're doing with EC Council, right? That is one example of an industry coming together and saying, we're going to hold these people accountable. We're not trying to cancel you, but we want to see structural change in order to trust you.
4: So what's the difference between holding EC Council accountable versus someone calling out somebody about their bikini online? Like, Two what's the line?
1: So, so one is an organization that prides itself on ethics and is an organization where people go and spend their hard-earned money to uh, get certified to break into security. And what they did is they plagiarized from people who worked very, very hard um, and took their work without even crediting their work, which wasn't very hard for them to do, right? All they needed to do was that. Ed- Hey this is an article by Alyssa Miller we're putting it on our blog because you know we really stand behind it and here's a link to Alyssa's blog go see the article there right go see the rest of the post there whatever they could have done that right that would have been that's that's easy to do right or reach out to Alyssa and say hey we'd want to repost it would you be interested in posting your blog on our on our webpage the difference with the whole bikini thing is that's more of a social constraint issue of just creating outrage because, like you said, Naomi, people want rage, and the problem is we live in a society today where people like like feed off of that, and it's like, give me more, give me more, give me more, and and we don't need to be there. We need to be focused on. You know, I, I tell my team, I don't care what you, I don't care who you are, where you come from, I don't care about your background, I don't care about your religion, race, I don't, I don't care about any of that stuff. I care that you're contributing to the better. Of our team, period in the discussion. And I feel like that's what we're we're lacking in security is we're getting outraged over all these little things, right? And you know, that person should have been shut down immediately. Right. And I think everyone's kind of that was the answer to bikini gate, where everyone was posting pictures of them in bikinis, right? To kind of say, Well, I'll do that. But all we've done is we've played into the hands of so many people who want to do uh to, to gain Ausnet. I mean, speak to anyone who does any open source intelligence. Right now, and we've given them a ton of de- a ton of information. Last vacation, mm-hmm. color bikini, what your body looks like, any tattoos, remarks that I wouldn't otherwise mm-hmm. know about you. Mm-hmm. Like we've just given that out. James McQuigan is absolutely right. There's, you know, um, and, and in his previous comment talking about this. Once you put a picture up, you know, you have no control over it. Well, we just gave open source intelligence to the yep. entire world on practitioners. On practitioners mm-hmm. that, should on pra- like, right. that should know better. Like we're the people that should know better. Right? Like, we're the people that should know better. Uh,
2: We think we're we're with at some point. Yeah. No, that's such a good perspective and a valid perspective. um, Because I think, you know, we take a step back because everyone's human, right? So you're trying to, you're doing your thing. But then you have a, you're in a profession and a job where this is, this is what we do. This is where we are. So I think what James says is... um, So valid. Scott says negativity sells and gets attention. That is what humans do and read.
1: But that's because we do that. But that's because we do that, right? Like the clickbait, the idea of a clickbait headline, a clickbait anything, and people run to it and we reward this behavior. Like we, we do it. We reward this behavior and we shouldn't. We shouldn't reward this behavior. Nothing made me happier this week than seeing all the news ratings of all the agencies. I don't know if you've seen it. Like, their 25 to 54, like, ratings are, like, the worst they've ever been in history of, of TV. Like, CNN, NBC, Fox, they're all just dying. And I'm like, ha, <laughs> ha, because alternative media is winning. Joe Rogan has more views than NBC, Fox, CNN, ABC, CBS combined. Yeah. Let that sink in.
2: James McQuiggan says, if it bleeds, it leads. Hashtag newspaper headlines, clickbait, social engineering. That's true. It has you been know, happening. I had,
1: someone, I had someone a few weeks ago, uh, last month on, on the Tech Town Square, Eddie and I had him on the show. He was a former KGB agent. Um, Jack Barsky, who who retired from the KGB, moved to the U.S., became a U.S. citizen. And you want to hear something very interesting that I said, how many of you guys think that, um, um, what's his name, um, the FBI um, – Oh, man, why am I forgetting the the, the founder of the FBI? Um, why am I forgetting the founder? Fa- I'm literally getting a brain fart here. Hang on. Uh, J. Edgar <laughs> Hoover. How many of you guys think J. Ed- J. Edgar Hoover was a cross-dresser?
4: <laughs> I've read How books on J. J. Edgar know. Hoover. Yes, yes, he was. Yes, the founder he of was. the
1: FBI so, right? was. Yes, he was. So, so so he admitted that it was Russian propaganda. Nah. Yep. It oh, might have really?
4: been. I wasn't alive back then. Sure, why not?
1: I've got. He 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 straight up said that the whole J. Edgar Hoover being a crossdresser was something Russian operatives leaked to eager media to mm. publish to discredit the FBI's establishment.
4: Wow.
1: Well, wow. they did a good job.
4: Yeah. Although the FBI did that themselves, like they were pretty corrupt back then. So, yeah. interesting.
3: Wow. Oh, do we want to talk about PrinterGate now?
2: Yeah. Yeah, let's, is okay. talk it. Yeah. Let's, let's
3: talk about it. Well, James called it this week. James, take it away.
1: <laughs> so Monday. <laughs> so over the weekend, I get a bunch of stuff that says um, there's going to be a huge Windows Zero Day that's coming up. That's just you know, um, that that's you know, just pay attention. It's coming. And I go, um, I was like, all right, paying attention, paying attention. And today, I think Sophos released. The fact, you know, Surface was one of the companies, but a bunch of security researchers came out with a zero day on printers that essentially gives uh, <laughs> um, a ton of access. And and these guys didn't even report it to Microsoft. Um, the, the the researchers like straight up put the POC exploit and submitted it to Black Hat, which is a whole other ethical issue of not reporting the exploit to Microsoft to deal with. Because um, Microsoft's pretty good about dealing with their zero days. Um, they've shown that with the exchange um, zero day vulnerability with Solari Wigate. So So um, yeah, that's, that's what we're dealing with today. I call, I, I hate to say I called it, but I got the Intel before it even got published and, um, and I was waiting to see what that Intel is. And, and so saw it last night and saw it again today.
3: Yeah. I saw um, trusted sec posted about it yesterday where they, um, talked about that and how they validated it and everything like that. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, and when it comes to disabling it, it's not as easy as patching because um, the patch that came out, A, doesn't fix it, and B, it's almost a needed service um, on a domain controller. So uh, it became it becomes hard to just disable the service if you haven't configured your environment to have print services outside of your domain controllers.
1: Yep. Welcome to um, and 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 I, I don't think that's going to be the only one um, that we're going to see over the next few weeks. Uh, I think the lead up to Black Hat, we're going to see a lot of activity on more and more zero days. Um,
2: how can how can people breaking into cyber? Um, how does this impact them? Like how can they get, what can they do?
1: Chris, you want to take this
3: one? I mean, first of all, they can keep up on what's happening, right? Um, If they see zero days like this posted, they can read the analysis from different companies, understand what's happening, why it's important, why um, it's helpful. And look to mitigations. So research the potential mitigations that are out there and be able to talk to a, a potential hiring manager about them. So, for example, um, Ben posted, um, it works if um, you remove legacy groups. Um, well, that, that, that's an additional piece of information that those just following patch management might not see and might not. Or that might not be something possible if they have legacy groups um, heavily ingrained within their organization.
1: Yeah, this is um, um, th- this is um, an- another example of why these zero days and responsible reporting is really important for a lot of people. Um, because I can tell you that, you know, as a CISO, and, and I think Naomi will second me, we see this stuff, we go to our teams, we start, you know, we'll talk to our MSPs and, and, try to validate where our risk lies mm-hmm. and what we need to do to mitigate it. And we spend a lot of time doing it. it comes, when you do a responsible reporting and there's a patch and, you know, we get alerted a few days before it goes public. So we're able to maybe get a head start on patching. Um, it puts us in a better position, but this kind of, you know, like secure, security researchers are getting a little, um, I want to say, um, over the top with maybe not always disclosing to, to that, I mean, we I also saw another security researcher who was legitimately frustrated um, because he couldn't, he, he tried to report a Google Cloud vulnerability and no one from Google got back to him for nine months. And it was a legitimate zero day vulnerability within Google Cloud. And for nine months, he eventually just went completely public with it. And Google was like, yeah, we don't really care. It's not as big of a zero day. But but answer the security researcher. It's like we are on our end are not helping these people who are out there that are trying to win bug bounty dollars, right? So these are freelancers. Like most of these security researchers, they either are part of a zero-day project for a very big uh, cybersecurity vendor or they're freelancers trying to make a living by, by doing bug bounty programs. And so they're finding these bugs. And, and half the time, we don't take it serious. And there are documented cases that when we take it serious – we minimize risk and we help the community as a whole. And yet yeah. we'll have this very updated thinking. And it's very frustrating as a CISO. Extremely in this funny.
4: case, with the printer spooling, though, I don't think they tried to responsibly disclose to Microsoft. I think they just no, wrote they, about they it did. in black hat. They're like, here, we're going to, you know, submit an RFP and talk about this zero day that we found and release it to Twitter. And that's exactly what happened. Someone took it and like, oh, thank you for that, you know, and then just huh, exploited it right away uh that is not responsible disclosure um i did something similar with linkedin like the whole uh what 300 million records or whatever was exposed i'm like i told you about this earlier in 2021 or 2020 last year remember i talked about this when i was putting together right. my data for all the the polls that i was doing i used their api their csrf token wasn't working the way it was intended and i was able to scrape data from thousands of people and companies and jobs and I told LinkedIn about that. They said, Oh, it's totally working the way it should be. I'm like, is it really? Cause I could go crazy with this, you know, like, and it was frustrating. So it's stuff like that, that um, yeah, it's a problem.
3: Well, I mean, that's the other thing that, that hit the news this week is that there is another quote unquote collection of 700 plus gigs of LinkedIn data combined with other data of pretty much everyone. And, uh, Again, they they gave that same response. Like um, our API is working as intended, but w- when when is our information like fully out there? Like what what could we do to protect it?
1: Yeah, the d- d- data scraping is I think a um, is is going to be a conundrum for a lot of organizations um, going forward, um, and and it's it's a worthy debate and it's a very difficult debate. Because in one end, data scraping helps, um, you know, kind of helps part of your business and is a revenue driver. But in another in another scenario, it's 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 very very bad when when it ends up in the wrong hands. And the question is, how do you do that responsibly? And there are ways to do it responsibly. I just don't know that organizations want to do it responsibly.
2: So, Nathan, I believe, says um, people who are looking to get started in cybersecurity should follow live streams like this one. Thank you. Sans has a lot of free webinars that also offer continued education credits and joint OWASP chapters on Meetup. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Good advice.
1: Very good. What are your thoughts on, on scraping data?
4: Huh, since I already did it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's publicly, it's public information. It's like think about a phone book, that's technically information that you know, it's personal information, obviously, it's got names and addresses and phone numbers. But the idea of being able to take gigs and terabytes of data in like split seconds, that is a game changer. So if if a- if the api on linkedin made it really really difficult to scrape the information to me that's a little bit better than having a csrf token that didn't work the way it's intended i can just replay it over and over and over again thousands of times and just scra- continuously scrape data because the api was very helpful with their pagination so i just kept scraping and scraping data the api made it very easy for me to scrape the data that is where the problem is if it was kind of like you know a telephone book where you had to like do one at a time like that's a lot harder and you had to replay a new c token every time then that makes it a lot harder i don't consider that scraping as much as like hard work and getting the public data from the uh, information that's already out there so that's how i feel about that don't make it too easy to scrape the data
1: yeah. i think i think that anyone who wants to scrape data from a website should have to register um like you would if you're gathering like if you go to court and you want to pull a court record they check your id they write your name they know who you are and they you know they they have a inventory of who's grabbing your records so maybe companies should do enact the same like hey you want to scrape public data on our website fine you need to register here what's the purpose of you using it yeah i
3: I shared an article um a couple weeks ago about like functional attacks of an api if you have an API and you disclose exactly how it works, that's one thing. And you might you might disable actions outside of that scope. But then if you don't look at like the business use cases and how it could be manipulated within that scope, <laughs> now people can abuse it. So it, it like having documentation is one thing, but now you have to think like a, a threat actor and think within that scope of that API, what can someone do to further manipulate um, confidentiality, integrity, or availability of your data.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. To me, this is a, um, like for me with this one with LinkedIn, um, this has been a real challenge for me, right? Because I use LinkedIn a lot. I like LinkedIn. It's my, really my favorite social media network. But at the same time, they're allowing anyone and everyone to scrape data off of, the, off of off of them. And now 700 million records are out there. And, mm-hmm. you know, not saying that it's private information. It's nothing, like nothing is worse than OPM and Equifax, right? Like, let's right. just, you know- That's our baseline, pre- yeah. <laughs> yeah, let, let's start with the baseline. OPM, Equifax, and you can argue Marriott. You can mm-hmm. argue Marriott was pretty bad because it had passport information and travel information and travel dates and what rooms you took and so forth. And if you want to do real- Ask that if you want to blackmail someone, you can start looking at who else was in the hotel at that time and start to put together, you know, scenario stories, conspiracies, you name it. Everything beyond that is just irresponsible handling of people's personal information. Mm. And 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 that should be that should be addressed.
4: Is that victim blaming though? Do you think?
1: No, no, no. It's it's not victim blaming. Look, data scraping is something you allow people to do. You're not a victim when you allow someone to do this, right? So if if I if I go to a gas station and leave the keys in my car because I want someone to steal my car because it's a POS and I want to get the insurance claim, right? <laughs> like you're not a victim at that point. You're 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 a co-conspirator to the crime.
2: You're right. Nathan says, Nathan Greenspan says, Did you know that you can pull up anyone's property taxes info for free without any login? It's just the open name address account and how much you owe
1: goodness wow Ugh,
2: that's to, gross. To, mm. to
1: say to say that our um government uh, doesn't know how to handle uh private information of its citizens <laughs> is the understatement of An the understatement
2: year. right wow wow right?
1: i mean and these are also the people that want government to do everything for you
2: right <laughs> <laughs> <Give me laughs> <help>. you're right <laughs> oh we're
4: the Give government money. we're here now
2: <laughs> Wow. Um, I think that this is pronounced age or age. Please let, let us know how to pronounce your name. Those trying to break in may also want to look at Attack IQ Academy. Uh, lots of free training that includes some learning paths that put digital badges on your LinkedIn profile. So that is pretty cool. too. Um, Christopher had a question here. How are companies keeping their third party companies accountable, especially when they have scrapers for their site?
1: Um, great question. And they're not, that's why you're seeing so many scraping. Uh, uh, and, and by the way, that's why data brokers exist. Data brokers scan, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. data. Mm -hmm. It's a, now I believe in, in 2020, I just got this data a few weeks ago for, uh, goodbye privacy. Um, but data brokers in 2020, the year of the pandemic quadrupled their revenue Almost $700 billion is how much data brokers made in Mm. 2020.
4: That's gross. How much of that was just from scraping publicly available data?
1: Imagine just they were scraping over time because people were at home and on the internet all day long.
4: Mm.
1: Netflix Mm -hmm. allows scraping of your viewer habits. So does Hulu. Mm. (laughs)
4: Well, Venmo had that public API for a bit. You can like see who your friends were, what you're spending it on, how much money, you know, yeah. the emojis you were using. Yeah, it's too much. Uh, there are standards for basically like free APIs for LinkedIn in particular, since I've been in their API. Um, I will tell you, they exposed way too much information. They did not need to show all the information. Like say I'm on your profile page, I can not only see your work history, but like, everything about you that you put into your profile that was hidden. Like I could see that information. Right. And so maybe that was because I'm a premium user. I, I kind of just figured maybe because I have the premium user or whatever, but I remember looking at people's like um, when someone posted on a job, like who posted the job, who applied for it, like all these things where I'm just like, that's a little bit too much information that I don't need. And right. so yeah, LinkedIn didn't do anything with that responsible disclosure. Now they're here.
1: I know we're almost out of time, Right. Um, Yeah, Renee, but I I do, it it is 4th of July weekend, so I kind of wanted to ask both of you, what are you doing for the 4th? What's your favorite memory from the 4th?
4: Oh, I am unpacking.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to take time off to go see fireworks at the (laughs) National Mall or something?
2: I will probably see some, there's some fireworks happening around here in my new neighborhood. It's Mm -hmm. all fancy. (laughs) Yeah, something going on around here.
1: Naomi.
4: I uh, no OSINT here, but I will be celebrating my status as an American citizen the best country in the world.
1: Woo-hoo.
2: Congratulations.
4: I've <laughs> well, always been a citizen. Okay. I love this country. <laughs> I love this country. Don't forget it. America is a land of freedom. People have fought and bled for our country. James Azar is one of them. Just thank a veteran. Thank somebody who served for a country because we are living in the best country in this world. Do not forget that, people, whoever's listening. Don't let the media trick you into thinking that we're a super racist country because we do have our problems, but we have overcome a lot, too. So consider that.
1: Yeah, consider consider this, that all of our problems are small, that we get outraged over a woman posting a picture Bikini's. of bikini exactly. on Twitter. Exactly. Think
4: about it that way. Yeah. yeah, don't let the media trick you and gaslight you into thinking this country is something that we're not because the country loves everybody. We just have to like fix our little issues. We can overcome them. We can. We just have to get away from the tribalism and the woke culture. It's super dangerous.
2: Well, I think James's point is valid. I mean, James just said that the media, the the big media giants, people have people have had enough.
1: Like, well, we, we listen, don't know. when... when but Let me tell you something. I think people are waking up to the fact that if you watch our president, all right, and this is now this, I feel really, really bad. He is in mental decline, mm. severe mental decline. If this was our grandpa, we'd all be looking at how do we get him full-time care, get him a nanny, and get him to put up his feet, relax, and maybe... With a blanket, yeah. yeah. And, sky,
4: oh, no. right?
1: and here's you a marathon of why. Matlock or Night oh. Court. Here you go, Grandpa. Have a great day. All right, and and just please take it easy. And we can't ignore that. And I think when the media doesn't talk about it, people lose trust. And I think that's really important. It has nothing to do with you know Trump or Biden. It has to do with truth. And I think people are like, I see truth, like you, Naomi sees it, like you see it. We live in the greatest country on earth. Our problem we have we have a. A saying that's only a saying in America. First world problems.
4: <laughs> right. <laughs> We're the only ones right. Here. We do. Yeah. We have our problems. I mean, I get it. There's racist people out there. I believe that we have racist overcome so everyone. much. Yes. There is there that's is everywhere. racism within yeah. our institutions. Yes, but what once we call it out, we can move forward. Like let's move forward together. Let's not just keep attacking each other and have these cycles,
2: you know. So Scott says trust in the media was lost a long time Mm -hmm. ago i don't know i I feel like i don't know it's something with this last year or two or three where especially this last year it just was so obvious the of the lies or just like you weren't getting news you were just getting so many opinions and like a lot of bobbleheads a lot of talking talking it's just like can i can i get some facts And Mm -hmm. let me make up my own decision. I feel like you weren't getting that. You were just getting all of this commentary.
1: Well, go ahead, Renee. I'm sorry.
2: No, that commentary just you know, when when I, I can have my opinion and you know, people agree, people disagree, but you you're on the you're you know, you're operating as a newscaster even though maybe your title isn't that or whatever on some of the, you know, the cable news networks and you're operating as this way, as if everything is fact and truth and, you know, and um, unbiased and we know it's not. And so I think with that and with the censorship around stuff, I mean, think about like this whole the whole COVID-19 and coming out now that, that all the people last year that were like, oh, it came out of a lab. It came out of a lab, complete censorship, complete every, like mm-hmm. the, who's Brett
1: Weinstein, who's 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 like a known like healthcare, Like he's a scientist. YouTube censored him because he talked about the origins of COVID coming from a lab. Like, yeah.
2: It was so much. It's the censorship part is I think the part that people are really, really like, whoa, like what is this? Because that's the whole purpose of this place. You're supposed to be able to have freedom of speech. You say your part, somebody else says their part, and you know it is what it is, and you make up your decision. But it's not that you're just getting all one side and hence why people are now starting to go to step away from, you know, mainstream media and start to go to other places to get other voices to hear. What are people on the ground saying? What's happening out there that we're not hearing from these, quote unquote, credible news sources? So
1: I just want to say I want to say I want to say one final thing, which is this isn't about um, red or blue donkey or elephant republican or democrat um or or jewish christian muslim or you know white black hispanic or you name it this is really just about us being able to have dialogue and us being able to to follow our god given rights on this planet that are that our forefathers created and that's what we're celebrating this 4th of july we're celebrating the Bill of Rights. We're celebrating our independence. We're celebrating the creation of this, this experiment that's called the United States of America that's been the longest lasting democracy on planet Earth. Um, and so um, um, we are... Um, enjoy this weekend with your family and neighbors and friends and, and take some time off and, and, you know, don't drink and drive. Please be responsible. And... <laughs> And 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 celebrate, celebrate with, you know, when you go to watch fireworks, I guarantee you one thing. Um um, no one's looking at the other person and going, I wonder who they voted for. Everyone's looking in awe at what's going on. And so just just remember that. And and don't let don't let that be what defines you is is all I have to say. And happy fourth of July to everyone watching listening and whatnot and, and happy 4th of july to you renee now naomi and chris have to drop but happy 4th of july to everyone
2: to you too to you too couple of good comments here right before we wrap uh the media made politics feel like reality tv i
1: agree yeah zoe nailed it. Uh,
2: we're slowly turning into our adversaries china and russia and i don't know who who made that comment david said that's well me, said, that's, that's nathan yep and uh I'm going to barbecue in a bikini. <laughs> so. You know what?
1: In this country, you're absolutely entitled to do it. And hell, if you do an Instagram or TikTok video of it, you might get a million views. Who knows?
2: <laughs> right, right. All right, everyone, enjoy your fourth. And we will see you next Thursday. Thank you so so much for viewing and a lot of engagement today.
1: Yes, we did. Bye, everyone. Yeah,
2: bye, everybody.
0: In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business